From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hello everyone, I'm not Carl Blaylock today. I am Darius Sethna, one of the newbies here at WXTQWATH. Thank you so much for taking some of your Friday evening to listen to me here on Sports Fan this evening. We've got an action-packed slate of basketball topics for you for these next 45 minutes. Then we have a high school broadcast. Our good friend Cedric Granger will have all the action for you there. But for these next 45 minutes, we're going to be talking about Ohio Bobcats basketball, and we're going to be diving deep into the NBA, which resumed yesterday after the week-long all-star break and how about a great all-star game this past weekend in salt lake city utah and before we get to the nba ladies and gentlemen let's talk about ohio basketball because i feel like we're a little bit all over the place when it comes to ohio basketball let's start with the women's team who are in their last seven games have a record of three wins and four losses uh one two punch of yaya felder and uh, jaya mcclure who is a freshman at OU, the Bobcats this past Saturday defeated the Central Michigan Chippewas by a final score of 83 to 75. Felder with 32 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists. Despite the seven turnovers, Felder had help. The Jaya McClure, the freshman, 22 points and a game high. That's right, game high, seven assists for the freshman. She was fantastic and. You know, the best way to sum up this game was that dynamic one-two punch. They were fantastic, and they tried to keep that momentum going against a Kent State team on the road up in Kent. Now, the Golden Flashes of Kent State had won their last two games heading into the Wednesday night clash, the midweek clash. They're one of the top five teams in the Mid-American Conference on the women's side of things. So OU was definitely going to have their hands full in this one and when you see the final score it was a romping to uh, say the least it was not a very close game whatsoever final score of that one more specifically for you uh, Bobcats lose it 82 to 56 against Kent State now you're probably thinking 82 to 56 that's not a very close game at all for it must have been a blowout right from the start that is actually not the case ladies and gentlemen the bobcats have really played it tight against the golden flashes in that first half heading into halftime the score was 35 to 30 in favor of the home team so the golden flashes only had a five point lead as they headed into the intermission and it was that third quarter where the game really opened up for the home side and the bobcats just did not come prepared out of the half. They were outscored 25 to 10 
That's right, 25 to 10 alone in the third quarter, and that's why we uh, eventually got that somewhat lopsided score of 82 to 56 in favor of Kent State. Now, despite the tough loss, the Bobcats are back in action. They have a road game against Western Michigan. Now, what should the plans be for OU head coach Bob Bolden and his crew heading into this crucial road game? It really starts by coming out of that half. They have to execute. I think this is going to be a really, really important uh, bounce-back game for the Bobcats that will show me what, how do they respond after tough losses. I've seen them respond before. We saw them respond last weekend against Central Michigan with Yaya Felder and Jaya McClure really leading the way. So I want to see if they can do that again, this time in a tougher environment on the road. I think it's going to be a critical one. Now, these two teams, Western Michigan and Ohio, met back on January 18th. That was the first semester back for students at Ohio University. And, you know, similar game for the Bobcats as it was for them to Kent State. It was a nip and tuck game coming into the second half, and the third quarter was where it fell apart for the Bobcats. This game was at the convo, and how about this? The Bobcats scored only four points in the third quarter. They were outscored 12-4 to in the third quarter, and that's what led to a rough loss at home to Western Michigan and it was a 68-57 loss, 11 points, and really, again, uh, you can chalk it up to that third quarter. So I think for the Bobcats is, they're, I think they're going to have a lot of energy coming into the game tomorrow. I think that it's going to be a very nip-and-tuck game heading into halftime because I just think these two teams are very well matched, and we saw that in the first matchup. It was a very tight first half, but really I want to see, can the Bobcats, maybe you don't have to win the third quarter necessarily, you don't have to outscore your opponent in the third quarter, but can they keep it competitive? Can they make it, you know, if, if uh, for example, Western Michigan scores 15 points in the quarter, can you score 12? Can you keep it, can you keep it a sizable difference heading into that fourth quarter where all basketball fans say where the true money on the line is? in the fourth quarter so bobcats taking on the western michigan broncos tomorrow on the road should be an exciting one game time for that one is at 2 p.m from kalamazoo now moving on to the ohio men's side of things and you can give a little pat on the back to jeff bowles and the rest of his team because they clinched a berth in the mac championships which will be from rocket mortgage Fieldhouse in cleveland Next week, and that was thanks to a 77-68 home win against the Northern Illinois Huskies, who they beat by six earlier on the road this year. And to me, I had the chance to watch a little bit of this game, and what I saw down the stretch for the Bobcats, they were executing and hitting clutch shots and playing fantastic defense. Um, Now, the Bobcats have really been on a roll. They're on a six-game winning streak. How about that? And get this. Their home record at the Convocation Center here in Athens is 13-1. They've only lost one home game, and that was back in early January to Kent State. So needless to say, this team is on fire, and I think this is the time in the season where the uh, other guys are really starting to step up. Now, this is not a team that relies on just one player. 
a lot of people think Dwight Wilson III, who's the starting center for the team, you know, is, you know, the main guy, which he certainly is. He's definitely the vocal point. But from what I've seen, especially in these in this latest stretch run for the Bobcats, is that a lot of the other players have been stepping up, including junior Jalen Hunter, who has been putting on a show as of late. And then the first year from Cleveland, Ohio, Elmore James. I had the chance to interview him last week, and he was just talking about how strong the team bond is right now. And he said, you know, during the tough parts of the season, we could have easily hung our heads and we could have, you know, folded under that pressure, but we didn't. You know, Coach Bowles preaches for us to stick together and work this out as a team. And you can see that they certainly have done that. They've won their last six games. They've been impeccable at home. The big question is, is can they take this on the road? Can they take this firepower with them on the bus to Cleveland? Now, the Bobcats are 4 and 11 on the road. Now, these games in, uh, or excuse me, um, wrong record there. The Bob men's Bobcat team, officially, the home record is four, or way record, excuse me, four and nine. Four and nine road record for the Ohio men's basketball team. And they're, oh, they have one loss with, on a neutral site. So the question is, it definitely seems like the friendly confines of the convo have played a major role for the Ohio Bobcats this season and I need to see uh, straight up I need to see them take it on the road I think this is going to be a really important stretch run for them as the season winds down the upcoming schedule for Ohio two of their last three games are on the road so they're going to have a great test awaiting for them you know going to try to at least win two of these games you would think now the Bobcats have dominated Miami when it comes to men's basketball in recent years the big game, circle your calendars, Tuesday, February 28th, against who else but Kent State. That's right, the Bobcats will be on the road in Kent to take on Kent State. Now, that's going to be a tough game for the Bobcats. The uh, Kent State Golden Flashes, second place in the Mid-American Conference. And uh, the Bobcats, as you know, I mentioned, just four road wins out of 13 road games this season. Ohio currently sits at fifth place in the MAC standings. And another important note, get this, the Toledo Rockets have won 12 straight games. And you guessed it, yeah, they're in first place in the Mid-American Conference as well. They've won 12 straight games and haven't lost since January 10th. Their, that loss on January 10th was to guess who? You guessed it, Kent State. And the uh, Toledo Rockets, it's definitely going to be interesting down the stretch. The Bobcats played them at the start of this latest school semester and it was not close by any means especially in that second half of play the bobcats were on the road against toledo and lost that one by a final score of 90 to 75 but nonetheless big 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 week of college hoops especially for the ohio bobcats on the women's side of things can they rectify that loss to Kent State and get a bounce back road win against Western Michigan and for the men's team again it's taking your talents from the convo and executing on the road especially against the second place Kent State Golden Flashes on Tuesday so this is going to be a very interesting weekend for the men's team especially now they take on Miami on Saturday you're not going to want to miss those games 
the time for that game on uh, Saturday against Miami is at 1 p.m. It'll be on the road in Oxford. Bobcats will then travel to Kent before finishing the season on Friday, next Friday, against Bowling Green, the Falcons of BGSU. And I will actually think, I think I'm going to be going to that game, that Bowling Green game. It's the final game of the season. It should be an action-packed night. It's fan appreciation night, senior night. So that's going to be, a. if you're in town, definitely want to check that out at the Convo, where the Bobcats have been nothing but spectacular. We're going to have a quick commercial break. We're going to dive in to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The second half of the NBA season begins now. They had a game last night against the Denver Nuggets. We're going to break that down. We're going to break down their upcoming schedule. You're not going to want to miss it. Super excited to talk some more hoops with you on a Friday night here in Southeast Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me this evening, and we'll be right back with the Sports Fan. Services uh, is constantly seeking partnerships. How can I have a meaningful relationship with primary care providers so that we can take care of our shared community of people that need support? We've grown exponentially, and I really see the next five to ten years being a similar story. The opportunities are endless. Ohio Roads and Bridges connect us to things we need and enjoy. It takes a lot of hard work and money to keep roads in good shape. Today, most of that money comes from Ohio's gas tax. As Ohioans drive more fuel-efficient and electric vehicles, people are buying less gas. That's great for our environment, but it means less money for road and bridge maintenance. Ohio is conducting a study to find a new and more sustainable way to fund the maintenance of our roads and bridges. To learn more and to provide input, visit ohioroadfunding.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Transportation and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Search is excited to announce our upcoming fun educational community events. Through these events, we aim to engage with community members and spread awareness on managing chronic illnesses through healthy lifestyle changes. Please join us Saturday in Vinton County for an off-roading, four-wheel drive experience. At 10 a.m., we'll be meeting at the Marathon Lot in Londonderry. The first 50 people will receive goodie bags, including a Search t-shirt. For any questions concerning Search or our events, please contact Jackson County Health Department at 740-286-5094. Listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. It is a feel good Friday here in Southeast Ohio. Welcome back to the Sports Fan, everyone. I am your host for this evening, Darius Sethna. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your evening to join me as we talk hoops. It's a big basketball episode today on the Sports Fan, and my goodness, we just recapped Ohio basketball on the men's and women's side. Big weekend for them, especially as the regular season winds down for both of those teams, and then We've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, Ohio's NBA franchise. We're going to talk about them for a little bit here. The Cavs sit with an overall record of 38 and 24, 38 wins, 24 losses. That's good for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. The top eight teams in the NBA's Eastern and Western Conference make the playoffs this year. Now, the Cavaliers, despite losing their last two games, they are still. 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and that one of those losses I mentioned 
was last night at home to the Western Conference leading Denver Nuggets. And if we go over this game for the Cavs, 115-109 loss. Evan Mobley, though, was fantastic for the Cavs last night. He really dominated in the paint. He took it to Nikola Jokic. And I think last night was a terrific game for the Cavs' bigs, and that includes Jared Allen. The big problem I had watching this Cavs game, just from a fan perspective, was ultimately how hard it was for the guards to create their own offense, particularly Darius Garland. There were a few times I saw Darius Garland really struggle to get shots off. They were playing a lot of isolation ball. That means he was just going one-on-one against guys that were a whole feet foot taller than him. And I, it was just hard to watch at times. And I think ultimately for the Cavs, they, the, the good thing is there's good news and there's bad news when it comes with the Cavs. The good news is that the Cavs are last in the NBA in pace. Now, you're probably thinking, why is that good news if they're last in the league? Because the way it works in the NBA playoffs is that teams usually adjust their defenses, and it's it really is more of a defensive basketball game in the playoffs. You see a team for a seven-game series, they're not going to let you run a track meet. They're going to know your offensive schemes, and it's kind of like football. They're going to know how you play, who your go-to guy is, and how that all works. So it's better if you slow down, really let the offense come to you for your team. And the Cavs do a great job of doing that. So they, they're not going to you know run up and down the court with teams and you know be prone to making silly turnovers. The Cavs are going to walk the ball up the court, and they're going to run sets. So I think that's going to really benefit them when April, May come around. Here's the problem, and I mentioned this a little bit a little earlier. The isolation plays are what are a little bothersome. They can't keep running isolation plays with their top two guys in Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. That's not, that's not going to work because the problem is, and I mentioned with Garland, he's just too small to be able to consistently do that. And then you're asking him to also drop... 10 10 assists per night, um, which he's certainly capable of doing. We saw him do that last year where he averaged, you know, 21 points. um, If I'm not mistaken, it was about 11 or 12 assists per game. I don't have the stats um, in front of me right now. But I I think ultimately you can't put all this pressure on Darius Garden. I think Donovan Mitchell, the question is when you get double teamed, um, yes, you did score 71 points in a game. But when you get double teamed, can he make the right play? And that's where the Cavs bench comes in. And I want to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers bench. Now, the Cavs were one of two, just two teams in the NBA during the trade deadline a couple of weeks ago who did not make any moves. And no, this is not the end of the world. It's totally fine because the Cavs have a strong enough bench to, I think, win a first-round series. They can do it. Here's the pressure, though. Can they be consistent? That is my ultimate um, question mark for this Cavs bench. That comes with Chetty Osman, who's um, who is a guy who can drop 25 games in 20, 25 points in one game, excuse me, or can have three points in 30 minutes. And Karis LeVert, kind of the same the same concept. You know, this is a guy we saw. He scored 41 points 
earlier in the season against the Eastern Conference, the defending Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics in Boston, and uh, the couple days after he had one point. So that is a bit of a concern. Can I, Karis LeVert is, I think, one of the best bench scorers in the NBA when he is on. We saw him when he was in Indiana. He was something special. His last game for the Pacers before he was traded to Cleveland last year, around this time, he put up 43 points, if I'm not mistaken. It was something in the 40s. And, it, I mean, it just proves to you that this guy really can get a cook in, especially coming off that bench. So I need to see him do that more. Can you drop around 15, 20 points a game and hit big shots when the Cavs need them to, need him to? And another big one, Danny Green. Now, the Cavs uh, signed Danny Green, who... Used to be a Cav when LeBron was on the team. So this was back in around 2010 is when Danny Green was drafted by the Cavs. And LeBron's final final year in uh, Cleveland, or the last couple of years in Cleveland before he departed for Miami. But what Danny Green, I think, brings to the Cavs is sort of what Kevin Love did. A stabilizing influence, a guy who can shoot threes, and someone who you are confident enough uh, in guarding the maybe not the top guy but one of the top guys on the opposing team i think danny green his impact is going to be critical coming off the bench for the Cavs. and then speaking of veteran presence ricky rubio must also contribute to this uh to this effort now rubio is still recovering from an acl tear that he suffered last december so december 2021 that kept him out for the rest of the season and um out until uh, mid-january of this uh this current season so i think you know ricky rubio is a quality shooter he can get you um he, he's going to rack up his assists so i think if he can do that off the bench uh, especially if, if it's a team you know for example let me pull up the standings right now who the Cavs could possibly face in the first round if it's a team like the nets right if the Cavs play the nets in the first round um i expect the Cavs bench to really dominate that Nets bench. And the Nets, as we know, really blew their whole team up um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Kevin Durant now going to the Suns and Kyrie Irving's in Dallas. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how the Nets finish off the season. But if the Cavs do play a team like the Nets, the Knicks, or the Miami Heat, I need to see that bench really dominate. And when uh, Mitchell and Garland are off the floor... Which is going to be rare. It's it's especially in the playoffs. It's going to be very rare. I don't even think it might happen at all when both of them are sitting on the bench. I think at least one of them is going to be in. My question is: is when Donovan Mitchell is on the bench and Garland's on the floor, do you have a second option so you're not going to Darius Garland all the time? I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. I was watching the Cavs game against the Philadelphia 76ers last Wednesday. It was their final game before the All Star break. And they just got off to a terrible start. They were down by 20 in the first five or six minutes of the game. And from what it, really what it was is Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell would be sitting on the bench. Darius Garland would have was the offense on the team. Like you couldn't really trust another guy to step up and hit a shot. Now they eventually got their mojo going in the second half. They made a comeback. Um, just were unable to pull through the uh, 76ers shot lights out from the free throw line uh, uh, yeah the free throw line to uh, seal the deal 
But that's not going to happen in the playoffs. The Cavs aren't going to have these, can't afford to go down uh, 20 and then expect to have this miraculous second half comeback. It's not going to work like that in the playoffs, especially when it comes to games, you know, five and six, those elimination games, or even a game seven, where teams know what you're going to do. They're not going to let you just come back into the game. It's very, very rare that those kind of things happen. And yeah, to me, that's ultimately who's going to be that second guy on the floor when it's Garland and Donovan Mitchell is on the bench. And to me, that's really what the the Cavs need to address. Going over their upcoming schedule, so the Cavs are in Atlanta tonight. They are taking on Trey Young and the Hawks, who have a new coach, Joe Prunty, who was the Bucks coach, uh, interim head coach, a few years ago. He is uh, was an assistant in Atlanta. Now he's being promoted to the interim head coaching position after Nate McMillan was fired a couple of days ago. I think this is a game the Cavs have to win. The Cavs did play the Hawks earlier this season. It was back in November. Cavs winning that one. And so second meeting between the two teams. It'll be at State Farm Arena in Atlanta. And the Cavs, after that game, will return home for a quick one-game homestand against the Toronto Raptors. The Cavs have not defeated the Raptors yet this season. They have lost, they've played three games and have lost all three games to the Raptors, including a home game back a couple of days before Christmas, which was up in Cleveland. And then it gets tough. The Cavs are in Boston on Wednesday for a matchup with Jason Tatum and the Celtics before heading home for two games one against the detroit pistons who are one of the worst teams in the eastern conference and then you've got the celtics again at home now the Cavs play the celtics uh twice in the next couple of weeks here and then obviously i don't think the hawks are a joke the hawks eliminated the Cavs last year uh, in the nba's play-in tournament which prevented the Cavs from getting to the playoffs and atlanta snuck in in that final eight seed which is uh how they were able to do it was by beating the Cavs in Cleveland. So Trey Young had 38 points in that game and was unstoppable. So Trey Young, he'll get a cooking against these Cavs. So they've got to be ready to go tonight. And then obviously, can they get a win against their uh, rival north of the border, the Toronto Raptors, before after that game against the Raptors, two of your next three games are against arguably, you know, no, I'm going to say it, the best team in the NBA in the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are clearly on a mission this year. You could tell that Jason Tatum was not happy about that his performance in last year's NBA Finals. So you know they're going to come uh, ready with something to say, especially the, the fact that they have not beaten the Cavs yet this season. The Cavs and the Celtics have played twice already this year, and the Cavs have won both of those matchups. That, that includes that uh, Karis LeVert 41-point game I was talking to you about earlier this season we're going to have another quick commercial break when we come back we're going to shift from just Cavs talk and we're going to dissect the overall nba a little bit more go over some of those standings breaking down some of the top teams in each conference so stay tuned full nba breakdown coming up next you are listening to the sports fan this evening with darius sethna stay tuned back for more basketball action I'm E.J. Williams. Each year, millions of animals are abandoned, and more than a million are euthanized before they can be rescued. 
Organizations like American Humane are working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond, as animals can be trained as life-saving service and therapy dogs to help veterans, the elderly, and children with special needs to overcome the obstacles of everyday life. To find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Back to basketball for the weekend. We're going to talk some NBA here. We talked a little bit about OU basketballs, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers specifically. Now we're going to just talk a little bit about uh, general news, some of the things you need to know about the NBA. Starting with the Eastern Conference, we'll break that uh, those standings down for you. The Boston Celtics lead it with a 43-17 overall record, 8-2 in their last 10 games. The Milwaukee Bucks with a 41-17 record they are winners of 12 straight they are the hottest team in the nba right now and this is without the services of Giannis antetokounmpo gee that is scary and at number three the philadelphia 76ers after a miraculous comeback win against the memphis grizzlies last night the 76ers still sit at third place with a 39 and 19 overall record having won their last five games in fourth place, we already mentioned the Cleveland Cavaliers, 38 and 24, 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. And how about at five, the Nets, still in the thick of things in the East with a 34 and 24 overall record. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10 games, and they're also above 500 on the uh, uh, at home at Barclays Center and on the road. They're 16 and 13 on the road, 18 and 11 at home in sixth place are their neighbors from across uh, from across the bridge the new york knicks at 33 and 27 they've won their last three games and at seventh place down in south beach the miami heat at 32 and 27 the heat big game tonight against the bucks we'll get to that one a little bit later the heat have lost their last two games and finally in eighth place are the atlanta hawks they're 29 and 30 uh, four and six in their last 10 games. They're only 14 and 18 on the road. And when we talk about the Eastern Conference, it is certainly stacked with a lot of well-built teams. Now, when we talk, I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. They're a team that really intrigued me because for the last couple of years, Joel Embiid has been putting up absolutely monster numbers this is a guy who is averaging 30 points in his sleep 
not to go along with the quality shooter that he is. And then obviously the Sixers acquired James Harden last year, and he has been an ultimate, uh, you just can't stop him and Embiid in the pick and roll. And that's why Philadelphia have been so successful all season long. And then you throw in a guy like Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris uh, hit some big shots last night against the Memphis Grizzlies. P.J. Tucker, um, one of the best 3 and D players in the NBA, a guy who can shoot for the, uh, from the perimeter and guard anyone you need him to guard. And uh, So, yeah, I think Philadelphia's ceiling, I'm going to say, is the second round. I just don't see them getting to the conference finals. I think both Boston and Milwaukee are still better than them. When you got a guy like Jason Tatum, a duo like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in Boston, and then think about the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think you can you can make an argument that they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to go with the Celtics just because I think um, they have the better record, and I think ultimately Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with Marcus Smart are just a trio unlike any other. But you can make a case that the Milwaukee Bucks are right there with the Celtics because the way the Bucks are constructed is so intriguing. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you're a basketball fan, you know that he is not a very good shooter. He makes his money by driving hard of the basket, getting to the free throw line, almost like a modern day version of Shaq with a little more athleticism, can do a bit more ball handling. Now, the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks, it's just three-point shooters. You look at their roster, you've got Chris Middleton, who's a three-point shooter, Drew Holiday, who's a great defender and a three-point shooter, um, Pat Connaughton, who's always been known for hitting big-time shots, Grayson Allen, a quality three-point shooter, and now they've added Jay Crowder, another 3-and-D guy who was vital for the Phoenix Suns in their run to the NBA Finals a couple of years ago. And how about this? Jay Crowder leads all NBA playoffs in starts in the last um, last few years or so. I can't remember the how many years it is off the top of my head, but Jay Crowder is a guy who has a lot of playoff experience, and I think he's going to fit right into Mike head coach Mike Budenholzer and this Milwaukee Bucks system. So that's where I'm looking at in the East. I just think Philadelphia, too. Um, I just don't think they're deep enough. Um, I think the Celtics and Bucks are both deeper than Philadelphia. So I think I think they are in the place that they should be, third place. Um, I would be shocked if they went to the conference finals because that means they're beating either Milwaukee or, or Boston in the seven-game series, and I just don't know if... Now, can they take it six games? Absolutely. But can they win that all-important game six or game seven? That's going to be the question for me. Moving on to the uh, Western Conference, these new-look Lakers. LeBron James has some help now. The Los Angeles Lakers with a big win last night against the Golden State Warriors. LeBron only scoring 13 points, but he didn't need to do a lot in this game. Malik Beasley dropped 25 points, and he is just um, a fantastic three-point shooter. And that's the one thing the Lakers were missing when Russell Westbrook was there was the three-point shooting. I think now with D'Angelo Russell, who's been with the Lakers before, you had Malik Beasley. Mo Bamba has proven to be a decent three-point shooter, actually. I think this helps LeBron tremendously. And then obviously Anthony Davis, when he is healthy, 
I don't care who he's going up against. When he is healthy, Anthony Davis is a top five player in the NBA. We saw it at the beginning of December where he had a game where he dropped 44 points and then the night at, or a couple nights after that he dropped 55 points. This is a guy who when healthy is just an unstoppable force. The question is though, can he remain healthy especially for the Lakers? The Lakers need him now. LeBron needs to uh to pass that torch to Anthony Davis cuz let's face it as Phenomenal as LeBron is, I mean, he just broke the scoring record this month for crying out loud. He's not going to be in LA forever. He needs someone who he can hand the keys to the car to and say, I'm too old for this now. It's your turn to drive the car. It's your turn to be the face of this franchise. And I think he, Anthony Davis, has to step up to that because now the Lakers have the team they need. Everyone wanted them to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is still in L.A., but he signed with the Clippers. But nonetheless, he's not on the Lakers anymore. The Lakers, this is a key, this is a monumental time, I think, in LeBron's career, too. Because he's never, um, oh no, excuse me, he has. I thought he's never missed the postseason twice in a row, but he did in his uh, first two seasons with the Cavs. The LeBron, you don't want to be in year 20, 19 and 20, and you're missing the playoffs, despite all of the amazing work that you are doing and the numbers that you were, you're putting up. He doesn't want to see that, and I think it's going to be up to Darvin Ham and his teammates, and obviously LeBron himself, to really turn this around. And big start for them last night as they got a key win against the Golden State Warriors, who continue to struggle. But the Warriors... I still believe that they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. I think they're they can still turn it around. Now the Warriors last night did not have Stephen Curry, who has been dealing with all sorts of injuries this season. But I think the Warriors, their core is just too good for me to believe that it, they can't make a run. They proved it last year with the core they had. They won the whole championship. They were amazing last last season. When you have Steph Curry, who is the best shooter in NBA history, along with another top five three-point shooter in NBA history in Klay Thompson, you've got a facilitating forward in Draymond Green who know who's had so much chemistry, and it's honestly hard to imagine how much how much they kind of read off each other, those three, because they've, they were all drafted by the Warriors. They've been playing together since 2013. I mean, they've been... They've been uh, the three amigos for a while. And then you have this young group of talent as well with Andrew Wiggins, who uh, really ascended last season, and then Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is one of my favorite NBA players to watch. He is just so creative with the basketball. He is a gift on the offensive side. And then Kevon Looney has proven to be just one of the best big guys in basketball right now. He, he's... He's not a premier player or anything like. It's not like a star center, but he's a guy that's willing to do all the dirty work. And you need someone like that on your basketball team. So I have faith in the Warriors. If they play in the play-in game, that's totally fine. I think they shouldn't be worried about that. When we're looking at the standings right now, the Warriors sit in tenth place. They're at 29 and 30. They've lost their last two games. And how about this? It's crazy. They're 22 and seven at home. That's the best home record in the or excuse me it's the third best home record in the western conference but then they're seven and 23 on the road 
They are the um, just one of three teams in the Western Conference who have not who have yet to win ten road games. The other two, the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets, who respective are the last two teams in the Western Conference. So the Warriors, they're in that final playing spot. Now, if they get an eighth, the eighth seed, and they have to play a Denver or especially Memphis, if they can, the Warriors need to get that seventh seed. I give them a much better chance going up against Memphis than I do against the Grizzlies because I think not only have the Warriors beaten the Grizzlies twice already this season, but they played them in a playoff series last year. The Warriors know how the Grizzlies operate because this Grizzlies, this Memphis Grizzlies roster from last year is not that different this year either. So I think the Warriors, if they can get that seventh seed, I think they can definitely make it to the second round of the playoffs. Staying in California, the Warriors are not the kings of California right now, though. And a little bit of a um, pun in there, the Sacramento Kings have been one of the best teams all season long. I think their ceiling, I was talking with uh, some buddies earlier this week, I think the Sacramento Kings can win a first-round series. I think if you put them against Dallas, they are winning that series in six games. I just think Dallas's defense is not very good. Their offense is going to be phenomenal. But I think what the Kings are doing, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, Harrison Barnes, and they're going to play quality defense as well. I just think that the Kings are going to be like the Hawks from a couple of years ago. No one's going to really expect them to do anything, but they're going to have this magical Cinderella-type playoff run. And uh, Kevin Herter, who's on that Hawks team, is now on this Kings team. So is that the common denominator? Possibly. We'll see. But I think the Sacramento Kings are definitely a team in the Western Conference who are not getting the, the attention they deserve. They have been sensational all season long. Definitely one of the biggest surprises in the NBA. Right now, they're 33-25. and 25. They are th- in third place in the Western Conference, and they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. 18-12 and 12 at home and 15-13 and 13 on the road. We're going to take a quick break and then wrap up our show with a big surefire hot pick. I've got an interesting one tonight. Can't wait to share that one with you. But we'll be back to wrap up this evening's edition of the Sports Fans. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to wrap this one up for you before you head into your weekend. I'm Darius Sethna here on the Sports Fan. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. All right, big weekend of basketball. As we mentioned, the Ohio Bobcats got a big weekend with uh, as conference play is pretty much wrapping up. And also in the NBA, the uh, playoff push is just beginning for a lot of these teams. We talked about the Cavs, we talked about the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Western Conference, and how that's looking after the NBA trade deadline with the Lakers, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors. What, what will the Dallas Mavericks do? It's certainly going to be a fun one. To wrap up our show, I've got uh, the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Miami Heat tonight. That game is in Milwaukee. 
the Miami Heat are one point underdogs, and I'm going to go against the spread here. I think the Heat are going to win this game. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Bucks superstar, is listed as doubtful, and Jimmy Butler is ready to go. He is planning on playing in this game. There's something about fourth quarter Jimmy Butler that I just don't think we've seen enough this year, and I think Jimmy Butler knows there's a lot on the line. He wants to get back to the conference finals where the Miami Heat were last season, and I think he's really going to turn it on um, as this uh, final stretch run in the NBA begins. Well, that concludes my uh, my segment tonight for the sports fan. Thank you so much for joining me. Special thanks to the crew here at WATH for uh, letting me talk some sports. So happy to be a part of this awesome team. Everyone has been so supportive. So happy to be talking with you all um, in this great Southeast Ohio community. Have a fantastic weekend. We will be back with you next week for more of the best in sports. Have a phenomenal weekend, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Darius Sethna. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.